Turn this up in our headphones, Charles. Yeah. You know I'll do it. <laughs> you really broke your form there. Hello, 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 everybody. <laughs> One and all had to break the form because I am just so excited. Uh, my name is Charles, and with me today, mm. as always, is my lifelong friend and co-host, Dylan. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friends, Charles. Yes, we say friends today because we have two very special guests on the Friends Talking Fantasy podcast today. We have Will and Ed from the Brothers Gwyn. Guys, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thanks for having us both on here. So I'm Will and then I'm Ed. Thank you. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friends and my brother. <laughs> yeah. There we go. We've I'm got pumped, family. Guys. We've got friends. We've got fantasy. What more do we need? Before we get into it, uh, Brothers Gwyn, would you like to just take a moment and introduce yourselves before we get into the into the recommendations? Let's go for it. William, you do a good job of this. Oh, put me on the spot now. Um, so we're brothers, son of John Gwyn himself, the man himself. We call mm. Papa Gwyn. Um, and, uh, for the last few months, we've had a YouTube channel talking about books called The Brothers Gwyn, and we've really enjoyed it. And then here we are now. Nicely asked to be on this podcast. Yeah. Yes. No, you guys do some great recommendation series. You pitch books to each other. You recently dropped an episode on audiobooks, which like Dylan and I were like having a very similar conversation about recommending audiobooks. Yeah. And, and so we thought, what a perfect We didn't record it yet, though. No, you beat us no, to it. you beat us to it. But we thought, you know, these guys appreciate a good book recommendation. And we love <laughs> to talk about book recommendations on the French Talking Fantasy Podcast. So what perfect synergy do we have today? Mm. Last synergy. week, we took to Twitter and we asked you all to submit recommendations for fans of John Gwynn. That is right. John Gwynn. And... You know, recently released Shadow of the Gods, which we read and loved. And now we have the honor of having the Brothers Gwyn on as well. So that's the way we'll know if your wrecks are legit. If they get passed by the Brothers, then you know it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. We're just going to read them and the Brothers Gwyn are going to do like a gladiator style, like side <laughs> thumb, either up or down. It's not going to work well with the audio format <laughs> in all likelihood, but... You know that we're used. They're booktubers. Like, uh, like they're used to the video format. So you gotta give us a break over here. <laughs> That's right. Well, guys, I'm super excited to talk about Dylan. Can you believe we're talking about John Gwynn with the brothers Gwynn? What is happening? I, I, I'm so excited. <laughs> And I think you just have it to navigate surreal. us through some of these wrecks, Dylan. We just have to get start talking about books. All right, I will start navigating. That's good. So, yeah. So book book recommendations for fans of the incredible John Gwynn. You folks came out and where to start but with the great Benjamin of literature and lo-fi. Awesome dude coming out at literature and lo-fi. And he says, I know I've only just started both authors' works, but... Raira, that's Raira Revelations by Michael J. Sullivan, seems a pretty good comparison. And 
Yeah, that's a huge one. That's one that I I've recommended in, in the past too. So it's uh, I, I think something that Ed, uh, your dad does extremely well. Oh, brother Squin is uh, this balance of some of these like old school high fantasy feeling elements and uh, the mysticism and just the love of world building and all those kind of things, but bringing it into a much more modern feeling writing style and dialogue and complex, morally great characters. That's stuff that all stuck out in the shadow of the gods. And that's some, that sort of balance uh, that uh, John, should I say John? Is that (laughs) Yeah. 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 You don't have to say Mithrin gonna... or uh, <laughs> the Jarl. <laughs> the Jarl. <laughs> I kind of want to say Papa Gwyn, honestly. I'm sure <laughs> you guys have to say that. <laughs> you do that. Join the family. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely won't hold up a shield in the shield wall. So uh, I'll say John. Something that John uh, brings is that incredible synthesis of uh yeah it's like old school meets new school equals something much greater than the sum of uh, of its parts and uh, yeah as part of why i'm such a huge fan of his work and we're both huge fans of michael j sullivan's work for some similar reasons where hey, michael sullivan brings more of like a medieval high fantasy almost tolkien inspired setting in the right era revelations but it like the i think at its core a lot of these like balance and synthesis elements are what makes it such a great wreck. So yeah, I think it's an awesome one from Benjamin. Yeah, I think I'm going to say something a bit blasphemous. I've not actually read any mm. Michael J. Sullivan, but it's something I've really... You're in a safe place, Will. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I've definitely heard when people have been recommending Michael J. Sullivan, it is that kind of mixture of traditional fantasy with a more modern take, um, taking some of the tropes and adding a twist to them. Um, and if that's true, I think that's definitely something that... Um, Papa Gwyn himself loves to do. <clears throat> he said that he loves to take what he really enjoyed when he read fantasy as a child and as he grew up. Um, and that idea of nostalgia as well, he's always loved those mm. ideas. And then he's wanted to just put his own take on them. Yeah, the recommendation for Ryeria is coming up a lot when we hear about uh, talking about old Greybeard's books. Uh, <laughs> we call him when he's not in the room. Um, yeah, so it's definitely very high on the list. Now, I, I, when people say traditional fantasy, I'm not too sure what exactly they mean because I don't think I've seen mm. or read too much traditional. I've said read Lord of the Rings and some other things mm. in a similar vein, but I'm not as experienced as uh, some people are when they say that term. So that's definitely, again, high on the list to go and experience some more traditional. And, uh, and thank you for the recommendation, popping, pop, pop, uh, popping it on top of the Great Mountain. Yes. Yeah. This is great. I love that we have like our resident John Gwynn experts here to weigh in because uh, I, I'm just learning so much. And I would agree. I think, you know, there's we, we talked a lot about our year of revelations recently uh, with Peter the Swordsmith, great blogger from across the pond as well. Mm-hmm. And we caught up on the same thing. It's this idea of like, yeah, there's this sense of like adventure in a fantasy world that's willing to embrace creatures and and these yeah. older, more classic fantasy elements where a lot of modern fantasy is trying to shy away from that. And, you know, things like Grimdark and all that are trying to get away from some of that, too. So just trying to capture some of that nostalgia magic, I see as a great parallel. Nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great word, Will. Nostalgia. <laughs> yes, nailed it. And it does bring that up. I, all right. Well, talking about nostalgia, 
Uh, we've got uh, the wonderful fantasy book nerd at fantasy book nerd coming in who I lovingly call FBN uh, writes incredible reviews. Uh, definitely recommend giving fantasy book nerd a follow. Yeah. He came in with something that some folks might be nostalgic about because he says an oldie, but goodie legend by David Gemmel from the master of heroic fantasy. This was instrumental in my fantasy reading and I think any fan of John Gwynn would like this. I mean, he had an award named after him. And then, uh, Will, you had an awesome comment, so I think I'm going to turn it over to you and hear, yeah, what do you got to say about David Gemmel's work and uh, how it relates to uh, John's? I think 100%. David Gemmel was, is one of my favorite authors and um, one of mm. Papa Gwynn's favorites as well. Um Really fun fact is David Gemmel actually used to write a lot of his works in a cafe um, quite close to us. Um, and before hmm. Dad became an author, he used to go and check in there and he'd be like, this is awesome that David Gemmel writes in here. Um, <laughs> I actually, um, in a bit of preparation for this, I asked him exactly just Ooh. a quick question of like exactly what it is. He was like kind of inspired by David Gemmel. Oh. And he said it's that idea of flawed characters, but people who want hmm. to do the right thing. Um, and then the idea that wow. characters are at the heart of a story and also that kind of historical um, inspiration as well. Yeah, that's awesome. I love, like, I mean, my only experience with John Gwynn right now is Shadow of the Gods, but I can yeah. see that so clearly when I read it. You know, a lot of my you know, favorite characters in Shadow of the Gods have that similar characteristic where they may be flawed in some ways but the way they relate with other characters and their story arc throughout the entire book uh, it makes them you know more endearing and it, and it makes the story more engaging so i i love that comparison it, it makes me definitely want to dive into david gimmel because yeah. i'm not experienced with his work at, at all so definitely piqued my interest there yeah, I think we all we all when we read books. Um, I I'm one who I would I'd love to be able to relate to characters, and I think that if they're yeah. caricature, that that has its benefits. It can be very funny, but I think that in works like this, if they if they are flawed and there's that balance, I think that it just really helps you go that extra mile to really attach yourself to them, whether it's to love them or hate them. I love to hate them many things. Yes. It is about relating about the right things though, isn't it? Because you, we, we can't relate to Orca on some of the things that she does. <laughs> uh, it's like you read a Jabba Kwambi book. You don't want to relate yeah. too much to those characters. Do you? I think uh, that would be very worrying. <laughs> yeah, Orca was the character well, I was uh, I thinking of when yeah. I was saying all those things about my comparisons as well. It's well said. <laughs> yeah, if you read a review and it says I relate to Glockter, then you should stay away from that person. Yes, That's a good idea. Or relate to anyone in Abercrombie's <laughs> well, books, honestly. Well, okay, okay, okay. Here's the thing. So you don't want to relate to the sides of torturing people that happens with Glockter, but I I feel like. It, part of what makes uh, a character like Glockta, or if we bring it to like the focus of the uh, of uh, what we're doing here and your dad's work, like Orca, so relatable. Is like okay, we can relate to Orca's passion for her family, and would we engage in the kind of behaviors that Orca may or may not engage in? That I won't spoil. Uh, maybe not, but. <laughs> the, it's like that core fundamental bit that uh, like 
we can all relate to is caring for other people that much. And mm-hmm. I think that's what makes a character like Orca such a wonderfully flawed and somehow still really relatable character that people are latching onto so much. Yeah, really great point there, Dylan. I like that, definitely. Uh, very well put. Uh, but, you know, going back to Gemmel, I've only read Legend by Gemmel, and I would recommend that to everyone who reads any of Dad's books um, because they are just very yeah. character-focused and it is really brutal. They're, they're very brutal. Um, so if, as obviously, as you two guys know, um, Dad can be a little bit brutal sometimes. He's not a Disney yes. character, which is what I wanted <laughs> him to be when I was younger. I didn't like him when characters would die, but here we are. He's shaped me into this brilliant, loving person. Yes, and even outside of Shadow of the Gods, I, I've caught in reviews for a lot of other works by John Gwynn, and everyone's like, oh, the ending, you know, heartbreaking. How could you do this yes. to me? Stuff like that. So I get that sense very strongly that, okay, this is this to me is actually quite interesting. I can't wait to get into more more of his work for sure. Yeah, we, we've had to stop yeah. telling him who our favorite characters are because <laughs> do, they turn up dead the next morning. Oh, no. <laughs> he asks us, it's like, it's best to remain silent. No comment. No comment. <laughs> or, tell, or tell him that you love the villains. Yeah, <laughs> favorite characters. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, man, that's so funny. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Who's next, Dylan? All right. Next, we have Daniel John Newton at Dan New 10, like the digits, one zero there in that Twitter handle. Very clever, Daniel. Very clever. <laughs> um, I, I think, John, sorry. I think Gwen fans would enjoy Selby and Brian Lee Durfee, personally. So I, I know I haven't read either of these authors. I know a bit about Adrian Selby, but. Uh, yeah guys uh, uh thoughts does anyone have yeah um well i've we've both read some Selby. we were lucky yeah. enough to okay. view him on our channel um and I, oh I've yes read, i've not read any brandy durfee but i've seen some of his videos and i i love his energy isn't it yeah He's brilliant nice. me. his reviews are excellent they're so funny <laughs> i think with yeah Selby, i think the, i can definitely see why people would recommend him i think that okay the conflict is brutal um, mm. I think that it's it it doesn't glorify violence at all, um, and I think that Selby and Papa Gwyn both do that. Um, so I can definitely see the relationship there, as well with characters being at the heart of a story. So yeah, I definitely say that. Um, I've only read the one book by Adrian Selby. I read uh, Brother Red, um, which was fantastic. Really, really loved it. Mm. Very different styles um, than basically anything else I've read, but it's definitely got those same key. Mm themes i think that element of hope that even when mm. <laughs> everything is crumbling around our characters that we love yeah. i think there is that vein running through it of hope and maybe just just maybe there might be a happy ish ending <laughs> um yeah at any second we'll see it's quite a tentative hope but it is there <laughs> and i think that's um, something that both authors um have and they like to manipulate their readers with yeah, I, I think Adrian Selby is, uh, yeah, I could definitely see that recommendation. He's got a very distinct style about him and uh, and the aspects of the universe are very individual. But I think, like William said, and I think it'll, it'll crop up a lot uh, during this video, um, that character work is really the, the kind of the focus, you know, mm. well building and the plot comes comes second. Um, and Selby's, mm. Selby's characters are definitely at the forefront of his storytelling. 
which when we interviewed him, he, he was definitely making mm. a, big, a big point of, um, which is really good. I haven't read any Brian Lee Durfee, unfortunately, but when you watch one of his videos, it's like, okay, I've got to read this guy some sometime. Yeah, and I, I may be completely wrong, but I think I've heard that his works are epic fantasy, so at least in that, they thoroughly relate as well. <laughs> That's awesome. Also, guys. Well said. I mean, yeah. I've got nothing to add. What am I to supposed add, to add to yeah. that? Like, oh, when, I, like... when we interviewed him, this is what, right? Like, what, what are we supposed to add? Yeah, yeah, well, this is the thing, right? We've got someone recommending <laughs> Shelby's work, right? And then we have the guys that have interviewed Shelby and have lived with John Gwynn and were raised by John Gwynn. So I feel like there's not much more to, to try and add anything to follow up with that would be crazy. I think we just need another wreck. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's kind of cheating as well because we're just saying exactly what they said. <laughs> yeah, we have two phones, sorry. <laughs> uh, I think you guys are synthesizing it all in a way that makes a lot of sense. All these points, yeah, the hope and stuff like that. I think that's something that is why people are latching on to your dad's work so much is that uh, – you know, we talk a lot about Joe Abercrombie's work on here and we latch on so much. And then we do talk to people who sometimes are like, I like, I see why this is good, but I don't like reading Abercrombie as much because <laughs> I feel like everything's just going to go to crap always. And there's like yeah. this cynicism and stuff like that. And, you know, Charles and I are twisted enough where I guess that works for us. But you got to respect when people are like, eh, no, like I want that glimmer of hope. And I always felt that reading The Shadow of the Gods and... uh yeah, and Charles, are, Charles and I are pumped about getting to the faithful and the fallen. It's like the book that um, people, uh, besides people freaking out about Charles reading Lies of Locke Lamora on <laughs> Twitter, um, uh, the other one that they want to, like Peter, who we were just talking about uh, on that Raiera uh, episode, wanted to throw the faithful and the fallen books all the way across the pond. <laughs> but we, we will get there. They are very much on our TBRs. We've yes. just got Charles's super... Uh, tight schedule and hey, yes I see that now. yeah and we're all we're all geeking out with our books over here charles and i have our wonderful the shadow of the gods with this freaking amazing cover going on um like i was best, telling try best book cover i do my game. scale yeah. thing <laughs> yeah. best book cover in the game it's not even close in my opinion oh, we love uh, it so much yeah so awesome. that, i think it, re- it really does kind of create the tiny atmosphere that is the shadow of the gods Right, and it's so disruptive from what we typically see from a fantasy book cover as well, too, which mm. is what I'm just admiring it. <laughs> I like the sense of scale, and I mean that in every sense of the word scale. <laughs> the First off, yeah, I mean, if I know it's an audio format, but if you haven't seen the Shadow of the Gods cover, I highly recommend Googling it and taking a look. Just this giant dragon <laughs> and this tiny person who's resisting it, like, somehow, and... <laughs> It, they, you know, it's that glimmer of hope, right? Even when you're facing a giant dragon, a sense that like it's worth like holding up your sword and trying to do something about it. <laughs> and yeah, so sense of scale in that awe-inducing sense, but also the detail is freaking amazing. And literally, the scales on the dragon <laughs> are so well depicted. So that's uh, that scale is what characterizes this one. I like me, that. Um, very very nice. did and I like it. Yeah, when we first, I got a few puns in me. Yeah. <laughs> when we saw the cover, we were just absolutely uh, just gobsmacked, weren't we? And um, yeah. I think the the cover for book two 
is going to be mm. better. I'm looking forward to seeing that one. Be- Did you say better? Better, I think so. They're I talking about it <laughs> together, so it's going to be pretty cool. Oh, consider me hyped. <laughs> I, I don't, and it's better. I, yeah, I, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. I really am. And we had even the cover captures this like glimmer of hope that I feel we've been touching on with these recommendations. And I don't know if anyone explicitly recommends Joe Abercrombie, but I do think the difference is like, if you read Abercrombie's work close enough, you could say that it's hopeful, but it's, it's again, it's not the same way. Like Abercrombie likes to, to twist the knife, you know, and, and (laughs) Gwen hits heavy for sure, but it's just a slightly different way, which is why maybe we're not seeing as much Abercrombie in here. Uh, I think there's, yeah. there's a quote in uh, in the blade itself. I think it's Jezel, and he says, "There's nothing like mm. someone else's misery to make you forget your own." That's what yeah. I oh. when I read Abercrombie. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, now you know I'm going to escape life for a little bit. Oh, let's go to uh, the blade itself. Okay, <laughs> having an awful time. Everything like... pressed. Brilliant. I feel a bit better about it myself now. Own life. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It could be worse. I could be where all of these characters are right now, having all these terrible things happen to yeah. me. So that's oh, a yeah. good point, Ed. And and Ed, can I say I this isn't super relevant to the episode, probably, but uh, can I say you keep recommending Lonesome Dove uh, for like for me <laughs> for Abercrombie? I literally had a like a doctor tell me recently to uh, like, to, <laughs> he was like, Oh, you got to see lonesome dove. And I was talking about the book. I was like, so, so something I'm putting out into the world, uh, everyone's <laughs> picking up. I was like, Dylan, go read lonesome dove. So I want to check that one out. Yeah. One of those, those faces that just needs a cowboy <laughs> on top of, up, on top of you. <laughs> but yeah, I did contact your doctor and, and, uh, I said, you know, you need to wait <laughs> and to get on the lonesome dove. Like, yeah, there you go. I yeah. thought you were behind this. I can scheme when I need to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think Sam, who was on our episode with the Shadow of the Gods, that's Sam Bookenhan, yeah. amazing blogger reviewer. Yeah, she's great. Uh, yeah. yeah, she's incredible. She was awesome on that episode. I think she called your dad. I, I hope... Well, I know he, he heard the episode, so I guess he's okay. He, he definitely seems to love Sam like everyone else. And uh, uh, and it, I think she called him the master of emotional manipulation, which isn't usually something you want to hear about your father, I we assume. Said, but yeah, we comes all book, agreed endearingly, to, yes. It was endearingly. See, this is... So, it runs in the family, huh? <laughs> I do agree with Sam, though, because... You know, dad will say, can you do the dishwasher, red?" And I'll be like, oh, no, I don't really want to. And he'll say, okay, well, I'll kill this character if you don't. I'm like, okay. That's <laughs> work like that. Uh, absolutely. So he, I love it. Sam, I, I think she knows him pretty well. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Fantasy dad problems, it sounds like. <laughs> 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 that's awesome uh, dylan let's get another wreck out into the yes, world yes yes let's get got? another wreck out so i'm seeing uh i'm seeing from shelf space gossip at bauer band uh, definitely james islington's lycanius trilogy so this keeps coming up as a wreck for us over and over and over again it was the one charles that we had called the new wheel of time to us and then 
you said let's finish the old wheel of time first <laughs> but yeah i see will you yeah will is this one on your tbr i see that you said on twitter need to dive into this series soon yeah uh, james Isleton, someone it's one of those authors that you constantly have recommended to yeah you. they just like elude your grasp um and i really just need to like hammer down on that and just dive in um so sadly i can't really say too much whether i know if it relates or not but again epic fantasy <laughs> this, is, this is my drawback yes. um, and shadow of the gods epic fantasy i'm not sure do you know a bit more about it you haven't read it but... i literally was about to say i know nothing and i was thinking <laughs> i every time i see it pop up i think i need to go and look into the blurb or something and see what the series is about just see if it can hook me uh, and then i never get around to it so this is going to uh, motivate me to definitely go and do that yeah so what i think it so when I've looked around at this series, I've seen a lot of these emphases on world building and like that old school high fantasy uh, sort of mysticism stuff that we've been talking about. And that's a big thing when they call it the new wheel of time that comes up for me too. Cause like wheel of time is uh, world building is one of the number one things that comes up for me or around it. And I would imagine though, again, I haven't read this either. I would imagine that, if they're calling it the new wheel of time, maybe it has some of these elements too that we've been talking about, like around Raira fusing that old school love of world building with the new school, like let's bring in more characters and stuff. And I hope that like Aeneas, because we will get to it eventually, I, I know, and I hope it brings the same level of grounding the world building in character experience that uh, John does that I love so much. So and I, yeah. We use Goodreads quite a lot, um, and it gives when you click on a book, it gives like suggestions of books that are similar. And James Islington always comes out, doesn't he? It's yeah, always yeah, just one, two, three, one, two, and three in a series <laughs> every yeah. single time. So it's obviously there's a lot of similar readers, and definitely something we need to we need to listen to this. Yeah, it yeah. also sounds like there. I, again, I haven't uh, read these this trilogy either, but it sounds to me like there's also the inspiration of some of these more like classic storytelling, like fantasy elements, like magic. And again, I'm going back mm-hmm. to like dragons prophecy. and creatures and prophecy. Yeah, all of these classic elements that I think a lot of modern authors trying to tell a new story are either shying away from or subverting. Whereas authors like, Mm -hmm. I I see it in John Gwynn's work and I, it sounds like it's in this work as well is embracing it in its classic traditional sense and not trying to like, Oh, it's not a dragon. It's a, it's like a guy who's, you know, benevolent or whatever. No, it's like literally a huge, cool, badass dragon. You know, it's like, what's wrong with that? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So I think those kinds of elements, I see the connection there as well. That sounds good. I like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, next up, I'm seeing we have uh, Sarah from Fiction Fans giving a recommendation. We love Fiction Fans podcast. We have an upcoming uh, collab where we're going to talk to them about Weird Sisters and Witcher and just an awesome presence on Twitter. I'm sure you all want to listen to that. Yeah, we do. Excellent. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's so cool <laughs> i just love that like everyone's supporting and interacting in the community it's like um uh, anyway so we're recording an episode and we got a recommendation which is from fiction fans podcast at fiction fans pod and sarah said 
I haven't read any Gwyn before Shadow of the Gods, so I'm not sure whether I can give a really accurate recommendation, but maybe Inda by Sherwood Smith. Again, I know I keep recommending the series and I have I have noticed that, Sarah, uh, for the epic scale and badass female characters. So I haven't read Inda. Uh, like, raise your hand if someone has or I'll just keep talking. Um, so the the thing that comes up for me is, yeah, epic scale and badass female characters I mean, those two things. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Like the shadow of the gods. Um, Yeah, we were talking about Orca, especially earlier, is just like the epitome of badass female character right now. I think in like in modern fantasy, I would say feels basically synonymous with how I think of badass female characters. Orca, I think Orca is like this this character that we're going to remember for a very, very long time in the fantasy genre, just like a freaking incredible character. That's like not like any other fantasy character and in the best way. So uh, when I think fast female characters, um, uh, I'm definitely thinking about Orca and your dad's work uh, guys. And um, I, I'm glad to hear that Sarah's thinking about that as well and recommending Inda here and epic scale we've talked about that right yeah. <laughs> like it's so i mean the so, dragon on the cover <laughs> yeah yes in and the, the book is uh, true to it in does it's true to its series yeah uh, he does have giant bears that giants mm. so that's pretty epic as well uh so we love yeah. our fantasy straight away um so that sounds pretty good to us excellent Right. Yeah. And I just want to say, like Sarah says, I've only read Shadow of the Gods, so I'm not sure if I can give recommendations. Sarah, we've only read Shadow of the Gods and we're and we're talking to the brothers Gwyn and running the whole show. So please give some recommendations. Um, and I feel the same way. You know, I, when I think badass female character, like in fantasy, Orca's on the short list for sure. And it's not just like, oh, what makes a character badass that they can like fight people and kick butt and stuff like that. But mm. I just love like her relationship with her family, right? She's has um, a husband and a child and they're just trying to exist in this world. And I, and I just think the way that they're able to communicate and carve out their own identity in this world that mm-hmm. does everything in its power to fight that, that alone yeah. is badass, whether you can beat people up or not. So I, I, I just am a huge fan of all of that. And so if this, if this recommendation that Sarah's coming at us with um in the by Sherwood Smith, I, I it's I would love to read it. So thank you for the rec. Yeah, thank and you. Shout out to Elvar. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Elvar yeah, yeah. Some uh, right, like Elvar's character in the Shadow of the Gods, that like also badass female character. Orca is such a personality that I think like uh, it makes sense, and she does get more page time. I imagine it feels that way for sure. Um, but Elvar is a character that resonates a ton for me and. Uh, I want to make sure that she she gets her due in this badass female. Yes, character. that's a good point. Shout out to Elvar. I think that <laughs> yeah. Orca is like the Punisher, basically. So she's going to take the spotlight uh, in book two. Yeah. I think Elvar is actually my favorite character. Ooh. So yes, Dylan, you you were championing Elvar from the beginning yeah. in our Shadow of the Gods book discussion. So I'm excited for both of us, but especially for you. Me with too. That, with that little drop. <laughs> yeah, and I, think- I just love her plight. I won't get into it because it's kind of spoilery to yeah. even say. It's so hard to restrain yourself. It is, it. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. We love characters who we understand their motivations. That's a way to get around it. Um, and I think with yeah. Elva, 
uh, you know nothing is going to stop them getting to what they're aiming for. No. Uh, they're, if it means their life, then they will do it for whatever reasons they have, won't they? Um, uh, yes. and I, that's something that made them pretty epic as well. Yeah, I agree. I think... Elvar is very interesting and motivations is, is the word for sure that uh, I think of too. It's like complicated motivations and uh, like, uh, I mean, so I, again, I don't want to say what uh, Orca's motivations are, but Orca's, mo- though Orca is very complex and well-rounded, badass female character, her motivation of like, what does she want to accomplish here is a, uh, pretty simple thing that i won't say but uh to go read the books if you have it or book first the shadow of the gods and read faithful and fallen <laughs> do as we say not as we do we will do for the record <laughs> well just buy them and then you know you can gradually read them but and then buy them again if you want to you know that i can do well, that i will I definitely well do very soon so, so. <laughs> and we'll read them too we're super pumped i it, yeah, uh, it's it's on our our short list for sure. Once we get through all the love stuff that we committed to, <laughs> um, yes. But we'll keep it rolling as I can see Charles's face. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> that, you. the neck, <laughs> the neck, that wonderful bearded face. It's uh, next up is uh, Mask Reads at Mask Reads. Mask Reads run, runs a wonderful Discord. Uh, that's a great community. So. Definitely highly recommend checking that out. That interests you. Then we got this rec. I read Great Coats by a, the Twitter handle is uh, at DeCastell. That's Sebastian DeCastell. After seeing John Gwynn post a picture of Tyrant's Throne a couple of years ago, I have to suggest those. Uh, so, yeah, Great Coats. Well, uh, we haven't read that one yet. It's one that gets recommended to us yes. all the time, um, it, because in part because I love uh, the lies of Locke Lamora and the Gentleman Bastard sequence. Charles, uh, I'm not sure, despite everyone's efforts, if he ever intends to read that one. Uh, but mm-hmm. yes, I hear fantastic <laughs> roguish characters, a lot of fun, some swashbuckling and uh, stuff like that. Um, uh, guys, have have you had the chance to read this one brothers so, Gwyn? i've read sebastian's other series ezra the great coats and we we've had the okay. uh, pleasure of meeting sebastian quite a few times in person and he's one of the funniest mm-hmm. people i've ever met and it was <laughs> such a nice guy as well isn't he yeah he's fantastic I, I, dad and and he are, are pretty firm friends now um uh, nice i will say the great coast i think you guys would particularly enjoy it and charles if you haven't nice. uh, got to Lies Lot Lamora yet. I think this will warm you up nicely for for them. <laughs> mm. Um there are characters in that are that are absolutely hilarious. Um easily as funny as Locke, in my opinion. Mm. And that's I, high praise. Charles has no idea what you're talking about, but I know that's high praise. Ed. I love humor in books. Um and yeah, there's some characters that their their interaction is just so funny. But also there's a lot of heart to the great coach, I would say. It is swashbuckling, mm. it's not as epic. It's much more, as we said earlier, character focused. Um, but I can definitely see the comparisons uh, with the relationships between the characters, how they interact with each other, and how really it is that they're kind of uh, it's, it's a trio and they're all best friends. They've been best friends since they're very mm. young. Um, and it reminds me a little bit of um, kind of Dad's earlier series, The Faith in the Fallen, um, when mm-hmm. 
when their people are kind of growing up with each other and they're very close and it's, and it's all about looking after your friends and your family and your yeah, family yeah. family of course mm-hmm. um, which i know i like to read about i think you two would particularly enjoy that as well Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. The theme of family is one that I think is very strong in Shadow of the Gods and in a lot of these yes. recommendations, actually. And I that that's a strong that's a strong parallel. And Sebastian is an author that has appeared on these recommendation series a ton of times. Sebastian yeah. de Castell, a lot of his works have been recommended to us over our over our career. And I am. Are you you making money off this, Charles, and you haven't told me? (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry about it, Dylan. Don't worry about it. Okay, I'll just send lots of tweets. (laughs) Yes, keep tweeting. Keep making those gifts. Keep managing these threads. Keep getting the racks in. Let let the career stuff, uh, let me worry about that. But Sebastian (laughs) de Castell recommended all the time he, he had like i remember one of the first times the word swashbuckling came up and i was like sold i don't i don't need to yeah. be told much more than that other than this is a really good swashbuckling adventure okay sign me up some might say that about the second book in the gentleman bastard sequence charles do you need to hear more than that to no, read no. i'm good you're gonna read that huh <laughs> oh it's all on my don't have to pitch it i'm the- very excited <laughs> There are series out there that we, uh, William and I were talking the other day that you, you know that you're going to love, but you just don't get to them yet. And it, it sounds yeah. like The Great Coats might be one of those for you, Charles. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, there, there's many series that fall in, into that category, <laughs> but this is one of them for sure. Too many, unfortunately. Too many. Yeah, too yeah. many. That's so I don't know if you have a crumbie, but in a few days, I'm going to be diving into the blade itself. So Yes, yeah. well, yes. Yes, we're ready when you want That's to talk huge. about the First Law series. That would we'll be awesome. A, a First Law collab, that would be good Definitely. fun. Yes. We'll talking to the right yes. people. We'd love that. Well, that is 100% yes. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk after. Uh, but <laughs> I, yes, I'm so excited. I know. <laughs> I remember we had that big like Twitter poll few like you two were at each other's throats about uh bias from the first law versus Gandalf from Lord of the Rings. So well we'll have to see once you've read. Yeah, if you yeah, come to the dark side. Yeah, your opinion will shift. Yeah. You'll feel bad for Gandalf and be praying to him. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Ed and I we're on the same page here. <laughs> I remember that. That just kept going. We just kept making Lord of the Rings. That was I was loving that. <laughs> that's why we do it. That you know, this is that's what it's all about. Is the fun, the yeah. community, and all that. So uh, yes, please, please keep doing stuff like that on Twitter. And folks, you gotta follow these two on Twitter. I mean, they're so much fun. Yes. I got now. Uh, you can follow Will uh, at. The Wolf and Crow one, that and one. you can, yes, the number one at the end, uh, and you can follow Ed at Edward G D M. I highly recommend doing both of those Thank things. You. Second, day. yes, yes, for sure. And then follow them on, subscribe to them on YouTube. I mean, come on, they're, 
Ah, uh, that they're probably already subscribed to them on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> that we know for sure. No one's listening to this. I know we're talking about like YouTube the books channel. we we want to read, but haven't had time to. Every time they drop an episode, you you do them too frequently. My list just grows and grows and grows. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any more time to read in between? But no, it's awesome. Keep it up. You guys are are fantastic yes. over there. Oh, thanks, guys. Thanks. Good fun. Like you said, uh, Dylan, it is about the community and meeting you two guys, especially, was uh, is a big highlight of ours. So it's good fun. Yeah, I mean, we started it because we really wanted to engage more with other fans of fans mm. and all these other genres. And that's yeah. really been the driving force of it. And this is this yeah. one example of why that's so brilliant. That's well said. Oh, we we, we well, feel the I same way. Collaborating is the most fun thing that we get to do and the thing we're most thankful for. So. This yeah, is, but well, we're not even we're, we're talking like we're winding down, but that couldn't be further I, from the case. We have so many fantastic recommendations for fans of John Gwynn to get through. There's a, you can feel a little bit of an urge to just hang out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like the first yes. time we're on a Zoom call together. Yes. We're just trying to hang out, get to know each other. But also Charles is like, we're recording an episode. So yeah. for yeah. the sake well, of Charles. I just want people, I'm happy to keep it loose and keep talking. I just don't want people to think that we're like about to play the out, the sweet, sweet outro music. You know, we, the, we have so much more to say. The, the night is yeah. young here, people. Oh, plug yeah, let's get back to his career. <laughs> okay, so yes, we, we need to make Charles the big bucks that he doesn't share with me. Yes. So the next up, we've got uh, Nick Borelli at Nick. Uh, it's Nick Reviews, but the uh, Twitter handle is N I C K R E V W S. Uh, and Nick Nick's mo I think lately with these, if I remember correctly from our last track, is to just like give a bunch of authors, and it's super appreciated. But uh, our TPRs are growing super high and unwieldy, as Charles has said. But uh, I'll just read it. Um, if you like John Gwynn's books, I would recommend these authors: David Gemmel, Miles Cameron, Miles also uh, known by his real name Christian Cameron, but in the fantasy and sci-fi realm, Miles Cameron. We're currently reading Artifact Space and freaking loving it. We just mm-hmm. interviewed Christian recently and he's the coolest guy ever. <laughs> like, how is he this cool? He's but so awesome. <laughs> yeah. And we, I mean, do, I, we, do we just pause to talk about um, yeah, uh, yeah. Christian now because you just opened the floodgates? I, I saw yeah. on Twitter recently, Ed, that you had finished artifact space and you were mm. talking with Christian. It's I'm I'm about 20% in. It's yeah. super, super exciting. And I just wanted to get uh, your Will's heading stuff. that way if he hasn't started yet, yeah. too, right? Well, I saw it. I've begun now, so we're all in the same. Nice. nice. Welcome, my club. We're on the same uh, great ship. Oh. Um, oh. <laughs> that in there. Very nicely done. <laughs> I, there. I'm not a sci-fi nerd whatsoever. Um, and yeah, one me neither. I think that I love about Christian's writing is all the detail. Now, when I read his medieval his series, one of his historical fictions, uh, there was so mm. much detail that I went out and joined a medieval uh, reenactment society. Over the, the Red Knight, that was a great one. I love that one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, and it, it the medieval period kind of took over my life now. Um, so <laughs> yeah. It really changed awesome. your life. Yeah, he has changed my life for the better. Absolutely. Wow. Um, but I think... Life-changing, everyone. Life-changing. <laughs> this so will ruin your, your wages. Um, yeah, I, that space is really good and I loved it and I'm really looking forward to book two as well yeah I'm looking forward yeah. to reading more into it as well Some another parallel that I see between uh, John Gwynn and Christian Cameron is they're both 
reenactors and they both pull mm-hmm. on that experience of reenacting in their work. Like with John Gwynn, I was reading it and I was getting the sense of like talking about the different ways the shields are made and like how he didn't have his gloves on at the right time and, and, <laughs> and how it was too cumbersome But by the time the enemy was charging and like all of these little bits of influence that I could clearly see were like, oh, this guy has lived these things i can tell because they're details i would have never thought of as someone who's never reenacted anything before and christian cameron brings a lot of that too i know we're just reading uh we're reading his science fiction but he draws very heavily on his experience with swords and medieval combat in the series so in those ways i think they're unique in that way and i could see recommending christian cameron easily for fans of junk win yeah yeah i think that is obviously they are both they both um, look at that historical inspiration. Obviously, it is, it is epic fantasy, but um, Shadow of the Gods has that inspiration from uh, Norse culture and Norse history. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mars mm-hmm. is, is the exact same. I mean, his knowledge is just—it's beyond me. How he just knows everything to such yeah. such <laughs> fine detail, and his Meticulous. ability because he knows so much. His ability to just craft a scene and bring a world to life is just—it it, it is incredible. Um, and it's something that not many authors can do. And he's really just, he's hes found a way and he's got a knack for it. It's, it's, it's that passion. Um, and I think you yeah. can really tell when an author feels passionate about what they're writing. Yeah, definitely. I, and you, I think uh, Christian and, and Dad both bring to their writing their, their passions and also their, their morals and their feelings about uh, life as well. Like, like um, you mm. said earlier, Charles and Dylan, that there's lots of um, family threads throughout the, sh- um, the Shadow of the Gods. Mm. And, and that comes into play a lot in the Faith and the Fallen as well. And you can see mm. Christian's passions and everything he likes. Like even in the sci-fi, he's got people sword fighting, hasn't he? You know, and, yeah. uh, and and people living their lives rather than having a uh, a, a really um, how do I word it without spoiling anything. <laughs> That's tough, isn't it? Um, but <laughs> it's just saying, of, read and find out. <laughs> it is kind of more they they live their lives though rather than. Um, one massive arc, isn't it? And that's what I particularly like about Artifact Space. Um, it feels very fresh at the moment. Yeah, that's really well yeah. said. And Christian actually left some reviews as well, Dylan. I'm not sure if you have to pull up a separate reviews. Thread. I mean, Brett. recommendations. Yeah, recommendations. Yeah. And yeah, you can go ahead and we may as well pull those up. He posted them on a separate thread. So Dylan is, I'm sure, quickly navigating, but he is the Twitter thread master. So I have all the confidence that he can pull it up and he yeah, can cut me talking. off. Yes. Yeah, so he can feel free to yeah, cut me off talking. as soon as he's oh, got how quick <laughs> I am. So, okay. I, I think I've got it. So, Great. all right. Uh, Christian came in. Oh yeah. He, he pulled a, a Nick style. Let me just throw some authors your way. Uh, he said, uh, at Evan winter, Evan winter. Uh, I, that's okay. Evan winter's work is, I'm like far away from my mic doing this. Okay, Evan Evan Winter's work is uh, like the same kind of thing, like sitting on my bookshelf, like knowing I'm going to love it from everything everyone says, uh, while also like I haven't gone to it yet. Please, uh, Dylan, you're excited. Round uh, to the Rage of Dragon. <laughs> oh my word. Yeah. Seeing that Dylan did a, um, a Gladiator gif, I think it's, it it's very apt. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think if we link it into the uh, so Shadow of the Gods, John Gwynn, I think that um, the the Rage of Dragons. Uh, there's again those key themes of family and friendship, and also anger. 
Will that going around in the Will that going around in the shout of the gods uh, too? So all anger and revenge to the full. Um, and I think it's interesting how it also looks like quite differently to a lot of um, other things that I've read. It looks like at whether is vengeance worth it? Um, it's like mm. I, I know that you need to do this, but what it's doing to you and everyone around you? Like, <laughs> come on! Like, is it worth it? And your it's yeah. like, there's no winning situation, and it really engages you with um uh, with those characters. I mean, if you read the Rage Dragon, it's going to be a roller coaster of emotions. So brace yourself, um, but it, it will be worth it. I can see I can- that. And- and there's the threads in Shadow of the Gods too, where it's not even like is vengeance worth it. It's like is you know glory worth it? Is yeah, yeah, fame mm-hmm. worth it? It's like yeah. do we have a really good thing back at home, or you know, th- there's a much more comfortable yeah. life you could live doing this, and like this world's pretty unforgiving. And it's like, is there really um, something to look forward to at the end of this campaign and stuff like that? And I think that's a very like progressive kind of theme and fantasy that i've been seeing a lot in like recently published works of like trying to boil it down to like what are the motivations and what are the reasons for some of these things a lot of classic fantasy you read it's like man they could have stopped ages ago and just lived a quiet peaceful life yeah. you know, yes. doing nothing it's like why are they doing this and i think kind of exploring those reasons in these more modern works is super fascinating and i see that a lot in shadow of the gods too well, yeah, yeah. I, I love how you put that. Um, I think that's definitely something that's really prevalent. Um, obviously, we love reading about action. Um, that's what I was going to say, yeah, the combat is... But it's lovely to have those nuances of character, isn't it? And again, it links back to yes. being relatable and those motivations. Yeah, and there's a fusion of all that in The Shadow of the Gods, uh, the way that John writes it, is like this ability to make it so that and uh, like you're exploring ideas and themes and vengeance and like but grounding it in characters and characters who don't really have a choice but to grapple with these issues because it's like i i don't think this is a spoiler to say like the world is full of monsters and like all is met like amazing cool monsters and like even the monsters have like motivation like I, I I don't. There's war bands, mercenaries, yes. feuding like, jarls, yeah. all that stuff. <laughs> so I feel like what happens is just no matter what you do in the world of the Shadow of the Gods, you're going to end up having to grapple with these ideas of vengeance. What's worth it? What am I supposed to do? Because you just go about your life in such a dangerous world. Even if you try to pull the, I'm just going to like go and hang out with my family and take it easy and live a peaceful life. Like there's characters trying to do that and it's just not possible because the world is so dangerous. (laughs) And I feel like that's the beauty of it where these there's these other books that don't appeal to me as much as the shadow of the gods does that it's like why are you doing the things that you're doing go away like stop like leave the war leave the and i'll yeah i mean there's there i don't want to spoil anything but like joe abercrombie explores these kind of ideas really well too so i mean we, we won't be able to get through this without recommending joe abercrombie so i'll just say if you would like that vengeance idea um and want to explore that then uh, a best served cold 
Yeah, oh I just say shivers off and and all, and then everyone else in that. that yeah, Manta. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, yeah. that's actually really well said. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Yeah, really well put. Yeah. And I like that. And and again, you know, Evan Winter is a big one for the combat, like Jabal Crombie, like Dad as well. Mm. Um, and the combat is very visceral. Now, as as a reenacting family, we're always thinking about um, the next sword thrust, aren't we? Oh yeah. How I can you know maybe <laughs> kill William or something? No, not really. Um, but. <laughs> We are I very... always have to be on guard. Yeah. You know, when yeah. We, when we think Lots of brothers get in fights. The problem in the Gwyn family is that there are swords around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> into the mix and see what happens. An axle flying out the corner. Accidentally, yeah. <laughs> of course. Accidentally. I like that. Very good. Ah, oh, yeah. I see, I see, Nailed it. I see. Nailed it. Do that. <laughs> That's awesome. I think um, combat is something I love to read. Um, in books and the yeah. Rape Dragons is very much like one of Dad's books called A Time of Courage, which is lots and lots and lots of fighting. Um, pretty, and it's at a bit of a breakneck pace, isn't mm. it? Um, yeah, and mm. it gets even more and more epic throughout. And there's some serious gladiator moments later on in the Rape Dragons, um, which when mm. you guys read The Faith in the Fallen uh, may remind you of that also. Yeah. And continuing to talk about action in these books, I think that um, both Evan Winter and Papa Gwyn um, use did. action uh, to further characterization. Um, and it always reminds me of um, Papa Gwyn said that when he writes conflict, <laughs> that um, he always thinks of, um, he watched behind the scenes for the two towers and he remembers mm. um, uh, uh, Peter Jackson saying that for um, the Battle of Helm's Deep, um, it, he would alternate the shots. So one was a big shot showing the epic factor and it would always be followed up by a close-up on a character. So it's always linked in. Um, and I love that idea that you can see both with Evan Winter and um, Papa Gwyn that they do use conflict to further characterization. It's not just to um, be heavy hitting and all this. It is used to further the plot and amount yeah. more than just a sword thrust and people dying everywhere. So well said, Will. And it shows so much because the thing that when I, I sometimes get on world building and like how I, like I'm not like I'm not the hugest fan of world building type stuff or I'll even get that way with battle sometimes in fantasy books where I'm like, OK, like who won, though? And let's move on. Like that happens to me all the time when I'm reading some fantasy novels. And my issue tends to be with world building for world building sake and uh, also like battle for battle sake like oh we need a fight scene here because they're bored or whatever and yeah. it's like the thing that i love about uh, john's work and that it sounds like evan winter does in uh, the rage of dragons is uh, to have those things happen because that's part of the like of the character's story and journey and what's happening to them and then there's this there's a thing we didn't talk about this probably enough, which is how freaking amazing the fight scenes and battle scenes are. I know we've talked about some, we've kind of circled around, but I just want to say like there that is one thing that sticks out to me so much is in in your dad's work that he just he made me realize how much I can really love fight scenes, even if they were just for fight scenes' sake. 
I would love them because they're so cinematic and well-written, but he makes them even better by grounding them in character journey and stuff. So it just, it's so good. And it sounds like Evan Winter does that. And it's not surprising then that it's recommended here and that Evan Winter's work has been so successful because, you know, uh, those comparisons. That's, yeah, yeah, that's well said, Dylan. I I got the sense, like when I read John Gwynn and Christian Cameron and what I imagine um, Evan Winter's like is, these guys have such a wealth of knowledge to draw on. And I feel like it's a pretty common pitfall for fantasy authors that are very enthusiastic about a subject is to just go on and on and on about it under these thing of world building. And they get very passionate about it, that they're sharing more than benefits the reading experience. And something I love about yeah. shadow of the gods is you see all of that, like the love for Norse mythology and the love for combat and reenactments and things like that. Uh, you just love that. But the issue then becomes like you you don't go too far into it. He's, he knows like how to pull in the reading experience and to deliver on story. And I just admire that so much. It's not something that I typically look for in my fantasy book. I get kind of nervous sometimes when I see people get passionate about the yeah. world building. I do get a bit nervous. But John Gwynn did a beautiful thing where he made me more open to it and excited about it and and delve into that genre of fantasy more so big fan that's that's really well put and really interesting um i think that it is it i think it it, is as with anything it's about balance isn't it yeah you need plot character world building you need all these aspects but they need to be to a certain extent don't they Uh, yeah Um, you want to you want to feed it yeah and and you want to have the reader longing for more and i asked dad i say you know how how did you do this and he's just like i don't really know you know (laughs) (laughs) that's what all the greats do right (laughs) okay show off (laughs) i I just did it but um i think you know it's it's very make it look easy when they're that good yeah i I, I think dad it's very natural for him um, but he, I think he feel, thinks very clearly about films as well that uh, that might inspire mm, him as yeah. well. So you know, such as Braveheart. I think you know he's always talking about mm. Braveheart and how that inspired him, especially in the early days of writing, and how just the world and and the cultures um, were drip fed. To, and you 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 find more and more. I'm not sure if you two guys have seen the film, but you find more and more out um, throughout uh, about the cultures and the different people and the characters and the world as well. And it's all about, like you said, William, having mm. a balance. You know, you've got your action set pieces and you've got your, your slow time uh, character moments, but you've also got the world building that is very individual to that particular film or book. Yeah, yeah. And I think that if something is drip fed, I think it also shows a confidence from the audience, mm. doesn't it? That they don't feel like, yeah, oh, chuck all this in um, because we need to let uh, the reader know about everything already. I think that if you suspend it, it can create that tension. It shows that they have the confidence to... Just say things when when it feels organic and natural. Right? Mm. Yes, yes, definitely. I love that authors that we're talking about today. I think that's something that they all have in common: that confidence that um, it really does feed and to the reader make a big difference. Yeah, Evan Winter does that really well, and I think Matthew Harfey, who is um, the next recommendation on the list. Mm. Ah, thank you. Oh, great <laughs> great <laughs> good. Yeah, we're, Keep going, keep going. I've waited my whole life for this moment. Thank you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> kudos, kudos. <laughs> yeah. Matthew Harvey, I believe, was uh, what Christian Cameron recommended next. Uh, and Matthew Harvey, mm-hmm. historical fiction writer. Um, and I think the similarity there is uh, with, obviously, Dad's a Viking. You look at him and he looks like he could be in mm-hmm. a shield wall. 
Um, maybe one day we'll have the beards to match, but I'm not too sure. Yeah. You'll get there. You've got the genes, so I believe in you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy Matthew Harvey's writing. I think his action is is excellent um, alongside Evan Winter, similar, similar to what we were saying with, with him as well. Uh, and I think the whole culture of if you like Shadow of the Gods, <laughs> if you like Shadow of the Gods, um, then you will enjoy the cultures <laughs> within um the uh, shadow within the shadow of the gods and also within matthew harfey's writing as well <laughs> i like it Dylan. that's a good beard look there oh gosh the <laughs> there we go it came up organically you know it's like will was saying it's just, it comes up organically they're talking about beards it's like i gotta show my which, which one is patrick rothfuss though it's hard to tell i mean <laughs> probably the one with the shorter beard i guess <laughs> I reckon so I'm, I'm yeah. actually pretty impressed how quickly that picture came up. <laughs> we've had the past three guests we've had on. He's he's shown them. He's got it short keyed on his computer. <laughs> Just click of one button and some beers. Exactly. Hilarious. Yes. No, I can't help myself. Eventually, I'll go. Like, <laughs> is this how? I don't know if the image. I have worm tongue. Uh, am I in the right side of it, or am I, is yeah. it mirrored? In right now, is he whispering into my ear? <laughs> yeah, oh, fantastic. Bring sweet nothings. <laughs> yeah, he's bandying crooked words. Yeah, you know someone with the name mm. Worm Tongue is whispering just nothing but pleasantries. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, how can yeah. you meet someone called Worm Tongue and think, "Oh, I'm going to strike a great friendship"? <laughs> I should make this man my advisor. <laughs> yes, his yes, first name was literally Grim. Like, come on, the Grim one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tolkien didn't always have the best subtlety when it comes to <laughs> his naming conventions. I'll say, but. Yeah, yeah we do I, I don't see any characters for... like that in Shadow of the Gods. There's no one like evil Mick Bad Guy on the. Apart <laughs> <laughs> from uh, I was going to say I was going to say spoiler, but I just you just can't. But there's not enough to talk about food in fantasy, is there? But I think there's a lot of Definitely food not. in the Shadow of the Gods. Uh, I love although... the food conversations. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! This uh, I've thrown. We probably have thrown this well off Charles's rails. Ed uh, tried to save us. I know. I know. This is what happens when I'm asked to drive an episode. Uh, so, all right, let's. Chris, we haven't gotten through hey, Nick's yet. Okay. We're like in the middle. We're in the middle of Nick's racks too. So, all right, uh, Matthew Harfey sounds like a great rack. Uh, ben Galley, who I've seen recommended all times, another wreck from Christian Cameron here. And uh, I, I, I mean, I can't speak to Ben's work, but I know people are loving it, and I bet I'm sure that will too. And then yeah, we've got, got another history. And he's enjoying that. So nice. That's awesome. Yeah. And Giles Christian. Oh, Giles is... Christian. We love Giles Christian. Oh, okay. He's... Historical fiction. Yeah, he's historical fiction again, but he's got quite an epic factor to his work, except most historical fiction doesn't. Um, and he is writing about Vikings, um, that Norse period. And um, also Arthur. And Arthur, yeah. And Giles Christian is another who, his just wealth of knowledge is outstanding. Um, nice. His prose reminds me of Robin Hobbs. Um, Ooh, that's high praise. Yeah, yeah, which is fantastic. It feels very poetic when you're yeah. reading it. 
uh, and just the choice of vocabulary throughout just has you pondering and really leaves you thinking and it's like wow okay that was that was a very nice delivered sentence um (laughs) uh, even though even if it's like in the middle of a shield wall something will pop out and it's like okay this is that was written really nicely and it's like oh back to decapitating people and giles is one of um does favorite authors as well i mean his arthurian book lancelot is absolutely fantastic um i think that um again characters at the heart of it friends family the through line of Mm. Um, it, and, and despair and despair and I think it's also a good idea if we're talking about historical fiction to mention Bernard Cornwell as well I mean I think Bernard Cornwell may be mm-hmm. alongside Tolkien and uh, um, David Gemmell does favourite they're probably does favourite three authors of all time um, <laughs> so you can just a drink there need that boost um, I think that Bernard Cornwell so Bernard Cornwell writes about a similar period of history not sure if you've um, watched the adaptation of The Last Kingdom uh, on Netflix. No, I have not. Well, that's something you need to do. That shame. <laughs> you need to shame. Shame on you. Yeah, oh, no. you give me the shame. Game of Thrones. Uh, that I've seen right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but talking about uh, Bernard Cornwell, it is that um, kind of core of the world is brutal. You love the world, but you, you I probably wouldn't want to live in the battle plains um, in the Shadow of the Gods, um, and I wouldn't want to live in I wouldn't want to live in ninth century England either. Um, it's something to look at from and admire from afar. Um, and, but I think that again, it is the idea of the characters at the heart of the story. Um, and I think obviously with dubbing in so inspired by history, um, if we talk about the faith and the fallen, is um, inspired by uh, Caesar's um, moving to Gaul. And his conquering of those tribes um, and the um, emergence of the Roman Empire. Um, and I, still, I think that inspiration from history that links into a lot of historical authors as well. Yeah. That's wow. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Yeah, this is, you guys are so awesome. I feel like I won tickets to like a front row live recording of a Brothers Gwyn video. So I'm like, yeah, just go, just go. And then I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to be like doing stuff. That's well said, Dylan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. The other wreck was Angus Donald. Um, y'all, y'all are nodding, so I'm gonna let y'all do your thing. <laughs> yeah, I've not actually read any Angus Donald, but he's another historical fiction author who Dad really has enjoyed his work. I think he did a series on um, Robin, Robin Hood. Hood. Yeah, and yeah. he's moved into the Viking department now as well. Yeah, he released um, a book recently. That called... should be in a clothes store, shouldn't it? This is the Viking department. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be cool. But Children's. Anyway. Viking department. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what we're trying to bring in now. <laughs> okay. Vikings, check it out. It comes recommended. So it's coming. Uh, and yeah. So Christian Cameron, those those are those wrecks. Uh at Fokion with a number one at the end, uh with a PH in Fokion and great recommendation. Uh, yeah, he's an awesome follow with a bunch of great recommendations, like uh, y'all are saying. And if you follow him, check out those writing fighting videos and check out the, oh, the yeah. guy who keeps posting gifts of Christian Cameron <laughs> under them and and give him a follow too. Um, I wonder who that is. So, yeah, it could be anyone. <laughs> so, and uh, next up, we've got a recommendation from a longtime listener and awesome dude, wise fool. That's at W153Fool. It's very clever. It looks like Wise Fool with those <laughs> digits in there. And Wise Fool recommended 
Belgariad. I don't know if I'm saying it right. I know this is like a classic work, but I've only seen it written, uh, is worth a read. It's a classic tale with little new to the genre, but a story well told and a simple magic system. And uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, um, yeah. I think I'm right in saying that I um, I think I, I'm saying Ed said earlier that we're not we haven't actually read too much traditional fantasy. Yeah, we have read this, but I think the yeah. it is traditional. I'm too hasty to read the old stuff sometimes too, so I feel yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's just so now, many William, new releases. When William was really young, I think what well, you must have been about eight or nine. Yeah, he read the Belgariad, um, which is by David Eddings. I think it's four books. Is five. it five books? There we go. Um, mm. And <laughs> rather than reading it and then moving on to something new, he read it again. Uh, and then he read it again. And he, oh, okay. And then again. That's so, awesome, hey, though. William, are you going to move on to something new? You know, how about this? And I he was like, so. mm, I think it'll be. <laughs> um, so I think he read it six or seven probably, times. It carried on until wow. I'd read it every like four or five months until I was probably 15. Um, and so it was one of those that mm. I really loved. Well, how much of your personality do you attribute to this series? I, 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 I said that Miles Cameron has changed his life with them, um, obviously making him reenact. I think that David Eddings, uh, he was my life for a long time. <laughs> I would always just have a copy of the um, any one of the books from the Bulgaria just with me, mm. just just out of the pocket. Mm. Oh, I've got to spare thirty seconds. Here I remember we go. making reading. characters from the Bulgaria on Oblivion. Uh, on the the game before Skyrim, um, so mm, much, Skyrim. yeah. So that's how much it affected me. Um, there's a, a particularly merchant character, isn't oh, there? Yeah, in that, silk. It's silk, and he's very funny. So I'm, I made a merchant <laughs> elf, nice. as you do. Yeah, I think, um, uh, but yeah, they're, they're 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 very accessible fantasy. Again, they are traditional. Uh, I don't know how much I would enjoy them now. Obviously, it might be a bit of nostalgia mm-hmm. um, creeping back in, which is not a bad thing whatsoever. Um, but I, yeah, I'm not too sure. William, you could probably tell me more yeah, if you've I... read it more times than you've had hot dinners. <laughs> um, definitely, um, there is. I think it's a bit more. It's a lot more light-hearted than uh, the Phantom mm-hmm. or um, the Bloodstorm. But I think that there is the mixture of gravitas and the serious tones, along with some humour. Um, uh, uh, in the Shadow of the Gods, Svik. Uh, I love some of Svik's stories. Um, and he's mm, yes, I'd say. Yeah. Um, another fun fact that humor actually based um largely on Ed himself for his humor. So, Ooh. so that's why he's wow hilarious. <laughs> 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 I, I buy it. I buy it. Yeah, oh. I think I said Savick's my favorite character, and then he, and then he he thought, oh, how can I make his day better? And he said, oh, he's based on you. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna. Ooh. I think it's yeah. more to do with the obsession with cheese. Uh, <laughs> is that yeah? Is that an Edism? Yeah, yeah I, obsession. Like, Skyrim, and I would have a, a, a stick of cheese next to me. Just and a just, block. Just gnaw at it. Well, like <laughs> a stick. So was it like the string cheese? Like, I don't know if that made it across the pond. So well, we yeah, have, you, know, have you have no idea what I'm talking about. A whole variety <laughs> in a basket. So um, just yeah. pick any. I mean, oh, oh, wow. you've got people dying. You've got family friends you've got <laughs> monsters and you and giant troll testicles so <laughs> that so yeah that's in there it's uh pendulous if anyone is looking for fancy recommendations and they've been thinking i need something that has troll testicles in. <laughs> yeah. um, which obviously a lot of people must mm-hmm. walk around thinking um, yeah yeah 
I, I've actually like days. tweeted well, at at John Gwynn, and I saw you guys reply. Like one of the things I regret about our John Gwynn book discussion was I didn't bring up the line where I, I'm going to paraphrase. But he's like the pendulous uh, troll testicles, and I remember reading that, being like, "What?" what? <laughs> so I, have, I have to talk about this with Dylan, and I can't believe we had a whole hour and a half long conversation about Shadow of the Gods, and we had so much to say that that didn't make it to the episode. I was like, "No, I forgot about it." It's like when you see um training montages for like rocket. <laughs> And they're, you know, doing all their yeah. 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 training montages. Oh. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I see you're, you're dipping, ducking, and dodging yeah. over there, and <laughs> you never know where those pendulous things will start swinging. Start hitting us out of the way. If we disappear from the camera view, you know what's happened. Uh, I feel yeah. like I just got some redemption finally bringing that up and getting to talk about it. So, Whew. I feel good. Yes. So, Charles, there's always redemption and hope, just like in the wonderful work of John Gwynn. Mm -hmm. So let's keep Mm -hmm. these wrecks coming with uh, more from Nick, who we jumped away from because he he mentioned Miles Cameron, and you knew that was going to send us on a yeah. So we're so pumped that uh, Nick mentioned that. We'll get through these other authors and folks. Yeah, like let me know if any of them stick out that you want to talk about. We're gonna about have to like speed recommendation if we're gonna get through more of these people here. So many yes. people left Rex. We have to cover as many of them as we can. We will do that. Brian Ruckley, Paul Please. Kearney, Catherine Kurtz, Stephen Lawhead. And Anthony Ryan, Anthony Ryan uh, is the one that sticks out to me. Blood Song, incredible book. Uh, I, yeah, I just really love it. It does have a lot of these elements, yeah, that stick out to me as grounding a love of world building and in a character experience, this willingness to go high fantasy while never forgetting that you're telling this more modern story. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's, you know, I'll keep banging the war drum, if you will, for uh, that uh, about uh, John's work. So I think that's a great recommendation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, Bailey Nell Sauna, one of the greatest characters yeah. of fantasy of all time, just hands yeah. down. Fantastic character. Uh, yeah, I want you to read that, Charles. Recommendation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't heard of a few of them, and I haven't read anything by them. But Brian Ruckley, I know Dad loves his work. So I think Winterbirth. Winterbirth, yeah. Um, and so that's that's all really I can say with that. But he loves his work, so maybe there's a few similarities there. Awesome. Yeah. So next up, we've got uh, Nils at Nils reviews it. Nils is uh, over at the Fancy Hive. Refers to herself as social media empress. For the hive and uh, uh, writes awesome <laughs> reviews and manages that account. Yeah, leaves yeah. a lot of great wrecks here. All the yeah. Time. yeah, and a huge fan of your dad's work, guys. Oh, and really uh, yeah, yeah, one of I definitely her review is one that because for a while your dad's work to us was like this work that is like we knew we were gonna love because everyone tells us and people kind of get a sense of our taste, and also everyone loves your dad's work. Like I mean, just like I. So I knew we were going to love it, all this kind of stuff. And then, like, Nils is one of the reviewers that I read her review. I was like, yes, this sounds exactly like what I'm (laughs) looking for and want to read. So uh, definitely Nils' recommendations are going to be awesome, I think. She said, I'd recommend The Keeper's Trilogy by David Dalglish. hope I'm saying that right. And The Dragons of Terra Trilogy by Brian Naslin uh, for fans of Gwyn. Um, Dragons of Terra is one that I 
I own an ebook copy of that on Nils's recommendation. Uh, I think it's got, it sounds like, and Nils would be able to say it's a lot better than me, I'm sure, but sounds like this, like, uh, bounce of these, like, uh, you know, like creatures, like dragons and stuff like that with these more complex characters uh, and more, like, nuance in some of what we think of with the older work. Um, guys, yeah, uh, any thoughts on, on these ones or... I've not read anything by um, David Dalglish. Um, I know I've seen yeah. the cover of his first book, and it looks awesome. Um, so that's one that's on my TBR. But um, but it, it is crazy how some of the covers just they really draw you in, and that's one of them. Um, and that's yeah. not as much as I can say for those two. Although Brian Nasland, um, I think that he's um, I've heard a lot of great things about him as well. Yeah. I've had him recommended because I uh, say I'm a big Abercrombie fan and things like that. So I'm like, okay, we're talking a recommendation with dragons for fans of like gritty, dark Joe Abercrombie style fantasy. And that kind of like finding some middle ground is definitely the kind of stuff that I see from, uh, yeah, from John's work. So makes a lot of sense. And Nils just like a huge uh, fantasy influencer. (laughs) So uh, yeah. Definitely reliable. Correct from her. She always has a recommendation. She's so widely read. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 She always drops great recs on these kind of episodes that we do, and we are always super appreciative. So, and I think also her reviews. You really know when you read. uh, She's reader um, reviews. You know if it's going to be to your taste or not. Um, She's one. Yes. It it really is worth reading all the reviews she puts out there. Um, Well said. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. Yeah, like well written and like nuanced and a lot of depth and oh, yeah. like yeah and like talking about character stuff that mm-hmm. you just yeah you get the sense and she does an awesome job with that. So thank you, Nils, and uh, we're happy to stop by. So then we've got a recommendation that I know Charles is going to be very happy about a book that that we both read and uh, it comes from Mark Geller at Mark Geller Eight. I'm just going to use this as an excuse to recommend Heroes Die by Matthew Woodring Stover is what Mark says. And uh, I'll turn this to you, Charles. This is always one that you get real passionate about. Thank you. Well, I, I can appreciate uh, Mark coming out here saying he's going to use it as an excuse because I'm a huge fan of Heroes Die. And I think both Mark and I are just going to try and make it work a little bit more than maybe uh, it really does. I'm, I, I think I think Heroes Die is a fantastic book that anyone who read and likes Shadow of the Gods should read. But I guess like my where I draw the similarities, I guess there's this like different approach to uh, writing the fight scenes where I, I guess Shadow mm-hmm. of the Gods draws from you know reenactments and and Norse mythology, whereas I think Heroes Die draws from like action movies and like this gritty realism. So. They're slightly different, but I think a fan of one is going to love the other. And I, and I think that's a huge push. And then also, I think just going further into this theme of violence and being like, you know, how much of is this pursuit of violence really paying off? Like, how, when do I pull back? When do I go in? Those are the ways in which I, I would say they're similar beyond just both being really good books. You've sold it to me, to me, Charles. I have seen the cover, I think, of Heroes Die. Um, and I think I think people widely say it's one of uh, it's not the best of covers, um, but they say it's one of the best books. So um, that's always good mm. to know. And it shows that uh, sometimes looking at the cover, 
doesn't quite represent what is within the pages. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the title yes, grabs me more than the, than the cover. The title, I think, is great. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, hold up to Shadow of the that, Gods, but the story's great. <laughs> the story's cover, great. yeah. That's, I mean, that's something, I, when I think of Heroes Die, I actually do think of this balance that we've been talking about, and it was very ahead of its time. I feel like like time and uh, stuff like that is catching up to this idea of like being able to have these these high fantasy settings, which is what Heroes Die does. Heroes Die is very complicated. It's like sci-fi elements, but also high fantasy world, medieval yeah, style, tolkien type stuff. stuff. And yeah, so uh, it's got a lot of that going on. But then with this gritty, dark, nuanced uh, hero that has a lot of violence to him and all those kind of things. And, and I think that is a big reason why I'd recommend it for fans of John Gwynn is like a seeing what's like to make all these elements come together in a way that just feels right. Even though if I told them to you on paper, you're like, how, how can you do all of that? But yeah, it's that yeah. balance and that, uh, what, I, what in the tennis biz, uh, oh boy, we all court, yeah, an all-court game is kind of how I, th- I think of your dad's work as this. Out- you guys are there in your in what we would call soccer jerseys, and I think you would call football kits. How did I do? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I like yeah. That. I know that. Okay, <laughs> no. so you're over there. Yeah, it. If you're you like tennis at all, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You probably heard oh, of a guy named Roger yeah, Federer, <laughs> arguably the Maybe best tennis player of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So something for those who aren't fans of tennis listening roger federer something they would call his uh, tennis style would be like an all-court game so it's like uh, there's a bunch of different shots in tennis forehand backhand serve volley right all this different stuff federer what's so amazing about it is he can do it all and he decides when the right thing like what is the right tool for this job uh rather than just throwing the same thing at everything all the time and it's like this he plays such a beautiful game because of that and that's that that was like the first thing i thought of when i was reading your dad's work i didn't talk about it on the podcast because like no one cares about roger federer on their fantasy <laughs> podcast except for for me and tony fong tennis player I mean, <laughs> when we start recording like, i yeah. do not think that we link roger federer to the shadow of the gods <laughs> you've done it in such a way where Honestly, I would, if you told me that was gonna happen i'd be like i'm not that surprised <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dylan is capable of bringing tennis into any conversation. One of his many talents. <laughs> yes, it's true though. It's that ability to. It's true. Bring yes. it all. Yeah, yes, all the yes, different yes. stuff together, and no one. You. Yeah. Okay, Charles. I will also it. say, about, you know, to bring it back to Heroes Die. Yes, it does a lot of things great, much like Roger Federer. He's also, you know, easy on the eyes too. He's got it all. And, Roger. Yeah. <laughs> Are you talking about Papa Gwen? <laughs> Another thing they have in common. Um, so I, the, I will say... Um, he's throwing you the bus here, isn't he, Charles? Yeah, he's doing his best because he's he's trying to bring tennis back into it as much as he can. But I'm not going to let him because I have things to say. There's a cult following that is Let's happening hear with Heroes Die in the community that I think is very, very interesting. And I think it's coming back for a lot of the reasons Dylan said. It's a really interesting... Uh, book about violence and it's got a very modern feel to it even though it was written a while ago and maybe the cover isn't as popping as the shadow of the gods is but the story lives up and it's so fun to see the community like 
giving this cult following to this book that I think it deserves. So I, I highly recommend, guys, if you haven't read it, to, to give it a shot when you have a chance. I will add it to my basket. Yeah, I will definitely be doing that. Woo! We it's, got a great, two. it's a great one. <laughs> yeah, two yeah, more. Yeah, it is. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. So then next up, we have a recommendation from Richard Willie at Wombative. Nice handle. Mm-hmm. Uh, love Gwyn's work, especially Shadow of the Gods. My favorite fantasies are The Last Call, Malzon Book of the Fallen, and Nift the Lee in the series that Gwyn seems most evocative of is The Winter of the World by Michael Scott Rohan. The only thing I've read stuff from in there is uh, Malzon Book of the Fallen. I've read the first three books. I think it's supposed to be pronounced like Malazan or something. So I apologize to anyone who's hurt by what I said uh, earlier with Malazan. But I'll say that, yeah, the the love of world building is the number one reason why I would connect those two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that if you're a huge fan of the way that John is uh, bringing this passion and this love for world building to every moment in the Shadow of the Gods. I think that uh, like you can follow the trail to Malazan Book of the Fallen and find a lot of passion for world building from guys. I, I think he's got an anthropology background, if I'm remembering correctly. Yes. Is that right? Archaeology? Something? Yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah, one of those. Anthropology. I'm sorry. Is it anthropology? I think so. It, yeah if he so either way yeah one of those things steven erickson and seems like a really nice dude he was interviewed by the green team podcast uh that and just seems like a really insightful smart yeah. dude and yeah a lot of love of world building case i think as well it's really interesting mm-hmm. yeah yeah so thank you for the rex richard next up we've got a Ben Kahn, at Ben Idealist. Gwyn is a favorite author and the most similar reading experiences I've had in terms of high emotional investment in characters. Brisk pacing, great action, and tight plotting are, I don't know if I'm going to say this right, Temeraire by Naomi Novik. Uh, Rayera Rayera Books by Michael Sullivan. We got that one again. Great rack. And then Mistborn slash Stormlight Archive by the great Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> so, well, yeah, uh, Brandon Sanderson Rex coming in here. Uh, yeah, what do you guys think of that one? See, Ed has never read any Brandon Sanderson. Ed. No. Wow. I mean, I've, read, I've only read the first and I'll find a way to forgive you, but that's... William, I find it shocking, actually. William's acting like... I, right, I've read zero, you've read one. Okay, it's so more let's than double. <laughs> There's a world of difference there. There's a world of difference. It's like you can say, "Oh yeah, well, I, well, I mean, that's what we're doing. We're like, we've read the Shadow of the Gods, and we're like, let me tell you why this is a great recommendation. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, we we know what that's like. We need, we knew we needed to bring you guys on to actually <laughs> talk about this stuff. But yes, tell us, uh, tell us, Will, because uh, Ed's still waiting to get there. Yeah, I think that, okay, obviously, epic fantasy, isn't it? And I think that also, I think that the uh, the writing styles in Brandon Sanderson and Papa Gwyn is something that everyone can engage with um, and really enjoy. Um, And I think that is something that is very accessible. I think that you are really, there's, you are really engaged with the world and they are very individualistic worlds. 
but mm. they find a way to engage the reader and guide you along so that you're not just thrown into the deep end. Mm. Um, I think that it, it, they mm. both challenge you slightly and you have to engage with the politics and everything that is going on. But I think there is the idea that you aren't just being thrown under the bus. Um, yeah. And yeah. Fantastic, yeah. fantastic characters uh, to both. I mean, I've only read the first mm-hmm. installment of the Stormlight Archive. So what's your favourite Brandon Sanderson book? The Way of... <laughs> <laughs> oh, a great choice. That's actually a lot of people's favourite. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Will, I never would have... Yeah, I never would have guessed that you've only read one because that's such a great... A great summary, a great way to compare to... Yeah, you're picking up on something that I mention a lot when I get the opportunity to talk about Brandon Sanderson. Something like an aspect of like talking about writers and especially in fantasy that I love to bring up is the reader experience. And I don't think there's anyone more generous to or thinking more consciously of the reading experience than Brandon Sanderson. He makes sure that every scene, every plot point every intricate magic system detail is presented in a way that makes it enjoyable for you to read and you don't have to feel like you're missing anything or you're forgetting something that you have to know anything Mm. and and you can kind of rely on that it's like okay brandon sanderson i know i'm going to get that sander lanch at the end and Mm -hmm. i get that sense when i read the shadow of the gods there's this element of pacing in it where it's like okay he John Gwynn is like, and now I'm throwing the book at you. And now this is happening. And now that's happening. And oh, yeah, there's a dragon. And oh, there's this. It's like very conscious of here's like, like, don't get too comfortable because I'm going to shake up the story as a way to keep the reading experience Mm -hmm. exciting and moving. And that can be a very challenging thing to do. So in that way, I would compare them and say, yeah. And also, you just can't go wrong recommending Brandon Sanderson for a lot of other fantasy authors. You know, (laughs) Very prolific guy. There's a book out there for everyone, I think, that's into fantasy uh, Mm. from Brandon Sanderson's work. Uh, I think that also reminds me of Ed um, said he read something recently that someone said that it's easy to write something that only you understand, but it's yeah. hard to write something that everyone who reads it understands. Yeah, yes. Um, William Faulkner. Well, yeah, yeah, so um, Ed read a book by William Faulkner and he said, I have no mm. idea what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> so he read a review. I've, I've been there before for sure. Yeah. Not with William Faulkner. I haven't read anything by him. I mean, Mal's on his her. reputation of being a bit Mal's of a not- yeah. Read. Yeah. So that's just the one I'll throw out there as a common example. I have definitely had that experience with Malzahn. And uh, <laughs> I know, I know, like, worth that's why a lot of people it's read getting it. better. That's why people read it. They like to dive into it. But for like Sanderson's work and even like a sense of John Gwynn's work, it's like you can jump yeah. in and feel comfortable and not like you're like missing something or need to go back and look at the map. You can, it's all there for you if you want to get into it. Yes. It it doesn't sacrifice from the story and from the characters, which that's the beauty of it. I think it's that ability to like, people can enjoy it. This is both for uh, what we've read from John Gwynn's work in the shadow of the gods and all the Sanderson that I've read has this experience too, is the, ability to enjoy it at multiple levels you can enjoy it at the very service level of like cool fights and fun world building and characters doing interesting things or you can go to that next level of like what is going on with this person and their complex motivations? Or like yeah. the different things on the shield, and the battle the, formations, or, the, yes. the, the mead and, yes. the, and making the porridge. 
Yes. And for Sanderson, it's like all the complexity of the magic system and how it works because he has it down to a science in the same way that like uh, John is drawing from this incredible reenactment experience and making you able like that's what we've got Christian Cameron, who's a freaking expert at this stuff, who's like it loves your dad's worry all stuff because he's looking at it at that level and that's something that you know oh one day when uh you know christian offered to teach us a little something <laughs> about uh all this stuff and uh yeah maybe me and charles can uh, take you on in a two-on-two uh <laughs> duel one day or something well, but that. <laughs> so we'll do a two-on-two duel and in a shield wall, then we can do a, a doubles tennis match Oh gosh. Okay, so I think <laughs> here's what I think is we'll have to like uh, we'll have to go one FTF member with one Gwyn actually to make it fair for this like uh, battle here because they, like if it's me and Charles against you two, uh, we're gonna be flat on our asses like, uh, in our in our armor. But either way, well, back to the Christian Cameron thing is like he he can read John's work and appreciate the level of what, what he's saying about warfare and what he's saying about uh, the battles and like what the characters are actually choosing to do, given John's extensive understanding of those things. And, you know, me, I'm, I'm into, I'm into psychology. That's what I do when, uh, you know, when I'm not helping Charles build his career yeah. uh, in <laughs> FPF. And I, yeah. And the psychology, that's a thing is like, for me, the the place where I feel like I can engage deeply with both Sanderson's work and John Gwynn's work is at this like character level of this deep understanding of psychology, whether, you know, the, you don't, uh, you don't necessarily need uh, schooling and training to understand people really well, but it gives you some terms to use and throw around and stuff. But I can see that in both the way Sanderson depicts things like men- mental illness in mm-hmm. the Stormlight Archive and the way that uh, like John depicts things like uh, struggling with identity and passion and yeah. uh, achievement and family and values and it's like and even like existential stuff like i see some of those themes of dealing with death and things like that in uh, john's work it came up a few times and uh, it's like those kind of things are ways that i feel like okay there's this deeper level for me and the thing that i care about yeah and uh, you can find that at all sorts of different levels across both sanderson's work and and john's work it depends like what is your thing and that comes from that balance and that all court game that uh there it is they're bringing <laughs> i think that that's really interesting you've brought you've picked up something that i think that is so important that when when you think of your favorite reads or the favorite films you've watched you don't there's not just one reason for it is there it's because of a mixture of the themes the characters the plot. Yeah. It's, it's not just going to boil boil down to one thing it's a mixing pot of it's, very good porridge. it's the culmination of all the aspects <laughs> all the porridge <laughs> ingredients put together into one isn't mm-hmm. it um, and I think when when there is something for you to engage with further, which links to your own passions, I think that's something that's really yeah. important. Um, and in Shadow of the Gods, you have you can engage with it as um, uh, someone who's a, a massive historical fan. You can see these little details, um, and you can be really excited and delve further into that. Or you could be someone who just really loves epic fantasy, and here it is again, yes. linking back to traditional fantasy, but with a new spin that engages you. Um, and so I think that's, that's a really interesting point. That is just something that I, I love as well. Or you I, can just dragons. Uh, or you can just dragons. Love- yeah. Dragons yeah. are cool. We say that all the time. That's it. 
Right. Find that. Yeah, and that's well what has said. me so excited about you know Shadow of the Gods, a book that came out within the past two months. It's like I, I just love the trend that it's setting in the way it balances like classic fantasy with these modern ideas of, yeah. and themes and it just makes me so excited about like where the fantasy genre is going and yeah I, I think that's all a huge part of it this idea of em- embracing uh, these themes and these characters and having these levels of enjoyment for for fans that's not just like oh super grim or super you know magical and powerful it's like there's there's other things going on and we can yeah. love all of it we can still love dragons and fighting but we can bring it to a real place and i yeah. think that combination mm. of well accepting the classics and loving like what we all love fantasy for these great fantastical things that are happening and be honest to those and still find a way to tell a new story in you know the year 2021 so I, that's what mm. makes me so excited about shadow of the gods and and John Gwynn's work. And I think that's why what a lot of these books that were recommended to us today also deliver. So big, big fan. Love it, Charles. Well said. Uh, we are at the end of the thread. I'm sure in my haste, I might've missed a few. So I do apologize uh, to anyone who gave Rex that I didn't get the chance to, to talk about. Um, I'm like also just like super blown away that we're here with the brothers Gwyn yeah. talking about John Gwyn's work. So I'm like, this is, uh, yeah, it's so amazing, guys. We are so pumped that you guys are down to join us and do this. I do not forget. I did not forget that you talked a little about uh, Joe Abercrombie oh, yeah. collab, uh, and we'll we're super excited for you to to join us there and read some of his work. I'm sure Ed is sitting there like a maniacal villain, knowing what's coming. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, thank you so much. This has yes, been so amazing. Thank yes, thank, um, thank you to everyone who gave the Rex too, and and yes. brothers Gwyn. And please give them a follow at those accounts that uh, we threw your way. Yes, That's, follow uh, Will at, on Twitter. Follow Ed on Twitter. Subscribe yes. to the Brothers Gwyn. We'll put all the links in the in the description. Yeah. But follow them all. Go check it out. And you yeah, check out their awesome YouTube channel. And yeah. get ready to add a lot more stuff to your TBR. Because <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> Not, we've loads of recommend, recommendations from this, but we've also just loved talking about Shadow of the Gods with you two. Um, and this is this is why we, yeah. we love to do it, don't we? That we yeah. love to talk to other people. We've been waiting so long <laughs> to talk to other people about the Shadow of the Gods. It's like we're, we're so lucky to be able to read um, uh, the first draft of book two. But now it's just like yes. oh, we have to wait. A little jealous to talk to other people about it. Now it's just like we have to just <laughs> let, don't let anything go. Um, and so yeah. definitely when the sequel's released, we'll be straight on to talking about it to people again. And yeah, we've, we, I've, I've loved this and uh, I think you have as well, right? Haven't you? Yeah, you guys are the best. We've had so much fun. It's, it's great meeting you guys on Twitter. And now finally on a screen, it's been yeah. su- such yeah. a time. Uh, I, I forgot that we were actually recording. And, um, and I've- <laughs> <laughs> Those are the best episodes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah we've had so much fun. We would love to do this in the future. And uh, yes. Maybe, yes. maybe one day we can get a spoiler talk uh, about any of dad's books uh, on yes, on, yes. On we will take you uh, over to the the youtube video format oh yeah yes we're ready <laughs> yeah no i'm down i'm ready for the uh, <laughs> i'm sorry I'm I'm charles is gonna get on me for this <laughs> i want to though <laughs> I mean, we've talked about cheese. We've talked about Roger Federer. We've talked yes. about, 
pendulous um, testicles. And we've talked about pendulous <laughs> testicles. And then every now and then we've talked about some book recommendations. <laughs> yeah, there were a few amazing thanks to all the folks who came on on Twitter. There were some books, book yes. talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, this was an absolute blast. We graduated from Twitter friends to Zoom friends. And I have a feeling I won't be long till we're holding a shield wall together at some point. But until then, doors always open for the collab. Yes. We're ready to show our faces on YouTube. So it might be time for that. Be awesome. reveal. <laughs> maybe, yes. maybe when um, I've read a few of Joe Abercrombie's works, we can have a, a group chat about that. Anytime. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, guys. Thank you all so much for listening. Again, check out the brothers Gwyn. Go to our description and click all those links. Twitter, YouTube, they're everywhere. Check them out. And, and you know, you can check out our show as well on all the socials after that. If but, you want. Uh, yeah. And then also John Gwyn's work as well, guys. Shadow of the Gods, fresh definitely. off the press still. You definitely go check that out. I mean, I assume if you listen to this, you're a fan of John Gwyn, but still, read it. Um, Buy a copy. Read it again. <laughs> read it again. Do what I do with my parent. Just read it again. Yes, yeah, yes. Read it, read it, read it, read it. I was just starting my reread when we were uh, <laughs> early in the Zoom call. <laughs> and I had to, you know, talk to people. So wow. here we yes, are. Guys, thank you. It was a pleasure. Brothers Gwyn, thank you again so much for your time and for your expertise. We really appreciated it. Um, and thank you to everyone Seriously, that left yeah. reviews. And thank you, the listener, for enduring. You guys are awesome. Thank you so, so much. And as always, guys, go forth and conquer, friends. <laughs>